welcome to the Wonder Woman podcast, where we discuss a variety of subjects all pertaining to optimizing your physique, building strength, developing a strong mindset and tools to help you win at life. I'm Michelle McDonald, and I'm the founder of the Wonder Woman coaching team. We are a community of results-driven coaches and clients who believe that we can age like never before. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Wonder Woman podcast. My name is Michelle McDonald. I'll be your host for today. And we are lucky enough to have two very special guests with us, two of our The Wonder Woman coaches, Ruby Golden and Melissa McKenzie. Now, we've been trying to get this uh, interview off the ground for a couple of weeks. Um, it's just around the holidays, and uh, we're now post-New Year's. Um, and both Ruby and Melissa uh, are starting off coaching from very, very different places. Uh, Melissa, I worked with as an athlete uh, uh, 2018, which she just reminded me of. So it's been a long time we've been working together. Um, she's in her 40s. And then Ruby um, joined the Wonder Woman through um, Lizzie Picardi. And mm -hmm. she just finished our coaching academy uh, last year at the very end of last year and has been coaching with us ever since. And she's now full time um, and just killing it. Just a fat, fantastic coach. Both Melissa and Ruby are fantastic coaches. So I'm really happy to have you both on here to share some of your story, what it is to be a coach, your journey, um, uh, some of your favorite things about coaching, some of the surprising things, um, and maybe some, some tips to other people that maybe want to become a coach, what the life is um, for coaches and, and tips too for, for clients. What, it, you know, what, from your idea, from your standpoint, what, what are some useful tips, useful strategies that people listening could implement to get the most out of the coaching and client experience? So without further ado, welcome to the show. And let's start off with the first question, which is how did you get started? So I'm going to ask Melissa to, to start off, to kick us off. How did you get started with your own transformation journey? Well, hey, coach. Really glad to be here. <laughs> um, how did I start? So I reached out to you, as you said, in January 2018. And um, I had a goal. I decided I had a girlfriend who'd done some fitness shows. And I thought, I want to do that. <laughs> And I had lost myself a little bit. I'd been an athlete in my 20s and um, in my 30s, I, you know, married and had babies and was really on the career path and kind of got sucked in there a little bit and lost my athlete self. And I got spit out the other side a little bit. And I thought, um, gosh, I, I want, uh, I've lost myself a little bit and I want to find that athlete self again. And so I needed a big goal. I'm goal driven. And I was like, I need a goal. And, um, and so doing a fitness show was it. And I, I didn't know how to do that. And so I reached out to you, you were recommended to me and, um, yeah, but then that's where we started. You took me on as a, as a client. As a client. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget your your intake photos, you were looking so sad looking into that um, camera, Ooh. which is so common for clients, right? Those initial 
um, you know, objective photographs, your, your ground zero where you're starting. And you look so sad and you were also so tall, right? You were 5'11". Um, you didn't weigh that much. You were in your, you know, 150, something like that. Yeah, I was mid 150s. And uh, it's that typical, I mean, we see it, right, when we get applications. And so, and I, you know, I think some people forget that we started where many of our clients have started. We've, we've been on the journey. Um, We're no different, right? Mm -hmm. We're just a little further along. And that's okay, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so I totally get it. And, you know, I was in a dark corner. (laughs) You were literally, literally her photo was dark. <laughs> I was, it was in a dark quarter. Uh, I stood there with my shoulders slumped and, you know, slumped. I didn't smile and nope. I, everything that we see. And my husband yep. took the photos and I was thinking, oh my gosh, uh, just not feeling great. Um, mm-hmm. But I did it. And, uh, and here we are today. Crazy. Here we are today. And yeah. another thing too is, is, you know, even though you'd been an athlete your entire life. And this speaks, speaks to me a lot too, because I also was an athlete my entire life and I had an eating disorder, very bad one for a very, very long time. It started in track and field in, in, when I was in high school. Um, we just aren't given, um, the very easy tools that we should be given for certainly as athletes. Um, and I did college athletes as college athletics as well. And, and I have, um, you know, friends whose kids are, are um, college athletes. I have a, god sis, a goddaughter who had a full-ride scholarship, soccer scholarship, and she was asking me for nutrition information, mm-hmm. how to get protein in, because the, her nutrition coach has said you need to gain weight, so just eat more food. And we know there's a lot more you can do besides just eat more food to gain muscle and just eat less food to lose body fat. There's so much you can do and it's not rocket science. Um, And so going back to your photo, when I looked at your photo, we don't see somebody who is a competitive rower and we should see that. And I'm sure, you know, as time went on um, and you, you know, learned how to train and eat properly to really push hypertrophy, muscle hypertrophy, and keep your body fat down, um, that your colleagues that you rode with were like, oh my God, what's going on with Melissa? Because you looked better, probably, I would think, than you looked even in your 20s. You looked like, you looked finally like an athlete. A thousand percent. In my 20s, I mean, rowing, there is a weight aspect to it, right? There's lightweight, heavyweight, there's a weight category, if you, so to speak. Um, and I, gosh, if I knew then what I know now, (laughs) how much further I could have gone, but, um, you learn, right. Um, and in my twenties, I was, I was tall and I was very thin because we, it was very cardio based. It was cardio centric, uh, with my rowing training. It was very much hours and hours and hours on the erg rowing machine, uh, biking. It was, just constant movement. And we did some lifting, but it really wasn't an emphasis. So my actual lifting experience was pretty limited, to be honest. Um, and I was, I was quite thin. I had trouble keeping weight on because I was a poor student and I ate where I could eat uh, and really didn't have a lot of guidance in that area. Um, you know, and so I was very small on my cruise. I was the small, I was small. You helped the boat um, make weight. Only oh, no, you didn't have to make weight, right? Because heavy weights no, not be the boat, as heavy but, uh, as they wanted. I would be I would be in the bow, which is where you put the low lightest athlete who's technically sound and can keep everything together. And that was where 
my advantage was I was very technically proficient um, and I was light, which is an mm-hmm. advantage in the, in the bow. And so, um, but now, you know, after the years that, you know, of, of this lifestyle, eating very intentionally and uh, lifting and, and being more strategic about it, um, I'm in a far better position uh, health-wise, athletically-wise, endurance-wise, hormonally, so on and so forth than I was in my 20s, a thousand percent, which is really, really interesting. Um, yeah. Great. I'm, I'm going to want to circle back after, after Ruby shares some of her story of getting started. I'm going to circle back and um, maybe talk about some tips that anyone that's listening now that is in that position, because we may have some younger listeners listening to the show. Some of those tips, if you could go back in time and do it differently, what th- that yeah. would be. Ruby, let's, let's dive into your story. So you, um, you were not an athlete growing up, and you, um, you entered the story quite differently. So I'd really love to have you share your story of how you got started with this whole transformation journey. Because you didn't start off as a coach, you started off as a client. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, first of all, just thank you for having me here. This is um, just such such an honor. Um, I'm still sort of sometimes in shock that I like work for you, even though it's been a year now. But it's still I think back to like when I first found Lizzie and and then I saw, you know, that you were her coach. And I was like, wow, like, who is this woman? And now I'm sitting here with you on your podcast. It's very surreal. Um But yeah, I mean, I, so I was not an athlete growing up. I was so bad at every sport I tried. You know, I remember doing gymnastics as a kid and quitting after two years and uh, trying field hockey and just like being so bad at like hand-eye coordination, foot-eye coordination was not my thing. Um, But I also had that mindset. So I, sometimes I think back and I'm like, well, maybe if I had actually, you know, tried harder, I could have developed those skills, but I was so quick to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not an athlete. And I just like labeled myself. Um, although I did fence, which is like a fun fact that people are always shocked by. I was a fencer in high school, but, um, but yeah, so I, um, I got into all of this, um, you know, I'd spent so many years in my twenties, like being unhappy with my body and trying different diets, like whole 30 diet and, being vegan and cutting out carbs and cutting out dairy and just all these things that didn't work. Um, and I eventually met Lizzie and I was just um, blown away by her transformation that I, that I was seeing and I uh, was like, teach me things. Um, and teach me your ways. Yeah. So, you know, I'd done and a you, little you bit were of... live, right? You were, you met Lizzie in person. Yeah, we both worked at the, I started working at the gym that she was working at. Um, and um, so I, I kind of got into things through yoga and then Pilates and then got into strength training and then got into nutrition. It was just kind of this like snowball effect of like, oh, that's working. And oh, that's also really helpful and beneficial. And um, and I think what was so interesting to me was um, the like body composition, because I wasn't like incredibly overweight, but my, I found these photos from like 2016 that I had taken when I was trying one of the many failed diets and my body composition is just completely different, but my weight isn't really that different. So I think that was the most profound shift for me was just realizing that that's possible and that, um, 
and what an impact nutrition, you know, and strength training can have on your physique um, and, and realizing how much your mindset plays into it. Like I learned so much working with Lizzie and um, becoming a client with the Wonder Woman in regards to, um, yeah, just like your perception of reality and, um, and that growth mindset is just so mm-hmm. crucial. It's, it's, it's key. Yeah. It underpins everything for sure. Um, okay. So then let's talk about your journey into coaching because that's, that's a, it's one thing to be a client and it's another thing to even want to become a coach. So I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear from, from you guys. Um, Ruby, do you want to continue? Like what, what, I remember when Lizzie sent me your name and she said, Hey, I've got this guy, Ruby. I think she'd be a really great coach. And we were only taking a handful of people on um, that year into our coaching Academy. Um, but I really loved your application. So what, what, um, what propelled you to, to be a coach? Um, yeah, well, so I think it goes back to, um, when I first got into yoga in like 2013, I was, I was not in a great place mentally. Like I, I definitely like struggled with some depression and um, yoga really helped me come out of that. And so it started there where I was like, I want to be a yoga instructor and like help people be able to have the kind of impact that my teachers had on me. Like I didn't know how profound like meditation and, um, and get really getting in touch with your body, um, you know, could have on your mental state. And, um, so it started, that was like the little spark, you know, was, um, being a yoga instructor. And then I became a Pilates instructor. And then I just kind of like followed the heart tugs and I was like, wow, strength training. Like, this is so empowering. I think, especially as someone who grew up in the, you know, in the nineties and two thousands of just wanting to be skinny and wanting to be smaller and then learning that, you know, it's okay to take up some space and to like be strong is so much more beautiful than just being like a, you know, a stick. Um, and I wanted to, everything that I was learning and how it was impacting me, I just wanted to be able to help other women, um, have that same experience. Um, so I think that's kind of where it started. And, um, and also at the time I was trying to be an actor, um, but I was not very fulfilled by that career choice. And when I started teaching and being able to like connect with women that way and, and have an impact on them and help them, I realized that that, that was actually my calling. Like I wanted to have an impact on people's lives in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And definitely coaching is at least the way we do it at, at the Wonder Woman is about changing, changing lives for the better without a doubt. And, and we, we tackle the physique, that part I think is the easy part, but, um, we get in there and we, we cultivate that strong athlete mindset as well, because that is what gives you the strength to continue to up-level your transformation. So you lose the 10 pounds, the 20 pounds, the 80 pounds, whatever it is, but then what do you do from there? Um, you grow, you leverage that. That's just the beginning. That's just breaking stuff down and then, then you rebuild, right? Um, what about you, Melissa? Yeah, it's so interesting listening to your your story, Ruby. It's not too dissimilar in that, um, well, I mean, in my 30s, before I started working with you, Michelle, I, you know, I think you know that I I kind of lost myself a little bit in, in amongst motherhood. And I was really pursuing a career that I thought I wanted and I was supposed to do and I was being told I was really good at and 
so on and so forth. But I just found myself feeling more stuck, which I think a lot of women or some women can relate to. And I, I really felt kind of stuck. I'm, I'm not where, where, where it's making, where I'm, where I could be happiest. And so then I, you know, started on this transformation journey and, it's funny when you start on that journey, it, it makes you, um, I think gives you more confidence to take leaps in other areas of your life. You realize that you can transform the physical self and why can't you transform other parts of your components of your life? It makes you braver. I think to, to do those leaps because you've done it with yourself, um, internally or physically, mentally, so on and so forth. And it gives you some tools that you can then use to take other leaps. And that's where it led me. I was in this career that I really didn't feel fulfilled by, similar to Ruby. Um, but I was, I was told I was really good at it. I got really trapped in that zone of excellence, right? Uh, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. And, um, long story short, I did, I did leave that career behind and that was scary for sure. I left a really nice paycheck and pension and benefits. Uh, and I took a, a job that you never would have expected. And it was more physical. And that's what I wanted. And um, But it wasn't mentally challenging to me either. So I was like, mm, that's not really it. Uh, and then Michelle, you you planted a seed with me. You said, you know, uh, have you ever thought I of sure coaching? Did. <laughs> have you ever thought of, this is, I, I think you were really, really in the very, very early stages of creating what would become TWW and you kind of mm -hmm. planted that seed and said, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, Oh, I, I hadn't even though actually in my late teens and my twenties, I worked in gyms. I, I was, did personal training. I taught aerobic oh, I classes. I sold membership. Like I worked in that arena. Right. So it wasn't totally unfamiliar. And I'd been exposed to quite a, a lot of coaches as an athlete um, and then I was like, well, that's interesting. Um, and I renewed my, my certifications and took on a few clients with your help. And, uh, then I took the leap and decided, you know, this is what I want to do. It's mentally stimulating. It's, and, and it's giving back. You have given me a lot and I want to be able to pay that forward. And in paying it forward, it really, um, it feels good. Right. And I want other women to experience what I experienced and um, to, you know, because I did feel so stuck, I, I wanted to um, prove to myself that I could become unstuck and it coaching other women allows me to help them too, um, because I don't think uh, I'm on my own in how I felt in my thirties. I think that's, it's pretty common. Um, so, yeah. That's that's what led me here. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of like having a chance to go back in time when you're coaching other people and you say that, you know, what you said, like, if I could go back, gosh, I would do things differently and I would get these amazing results, right? And it really is passing, it's like lighting another candle. candle so yeah. I went through my my journey. Um, we started with, with yoga, actually. Like, I, I, I did yoga 10 years obsessively. Um, and I competed in it and I coached other people, uh, how to advance their, their practice. And I read all about it and the breathing and the mind control and all of that. 
And then I fell in love with bodybuilding. You know, my first couple of months, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the missing link. I mean, this is a, such a systematic way of achieving incredible health and vitality. I mean, if you associate health and vitality with being able to, you know, um, build muscle and being able to eat more food and um, being able to very systematically improve like um, your movement patterns, like all of these things. Um, and, <clears throat> and so from my journey, you know, being able to pass it to clients and then ultimately mentor other women to become coaches following my methodology has been the, that, that has been full circle for me. And I remember very, very clearly, Melissa, at least this is my hallucination, my perspective of your journey into a coach. You're, you're right. I, we were in COVID and, uh, I had, um, just started, um, mentoring. So I didn't have an academy. I just, you know, did this very exhaustive, like one-on-one -on -one kind of mentoring. We had group calls, right? But then I would have like another call with each coach and I would go through their client files and everything was very, very one-on-one. -on -one. And, you at the time had been um, my assistant for one of my transformation yes. programs, and yes. you just had such aptitude. And I th and I knew that you were in transition because you trans transitioned out of that job. And when you told me what job you were transitioning to, I thought, what is she doing? <laughs> she has so much. She's she has so much talent. She's missing her calling. Why is she doing this job? And so that was know. you know. And but I had to cut a massage. And well, how about this and this? And I, and I remember ultimately because you know the reason why I was mentoring coaches was because I had this long. I was already had this wait list of of clients that I couldn't possibly get to. And I thought, you know, and I'm always just concerned of um, women getting grifted, right? Women getting taken advantage of. And I've always felt that the 40 plus gal, and I got started in fitness when I was um, just turning 40, so my 39th year, I felt, I've always felt this is going to be the next big thing. And I felt that m most people are going to look at this demographic, the 40, 50, 60. I didn't, wasn't thinking in terms of 70-year-olds at the time. That was at when, after mom came on board. But people are going to look at this age group, this demographic, as a market. And they're just going to sell to people. And they're going to base it off of fear and disinformation. It's always been, you know, a concern of mine. And so I really specifically, I didn't want to just say, hey, I can't coach you, but go coach with this person, I really wanted to be able to say, I can't coach you, but I know that these people are going to do an incredible job of coaching you because um, I've been able to pass on that methodology, right? You guys coach individually. You're very unique, beautiful humans that have been through the world in your own unique way. Um, but that methodology, uh, making sure certain things are getting uh, uh, ticked off um, and that really that you're cultivating that athlete mindset and seeing the potential in anyone that's in front of you, no matter what her age is, what her starting position is, whether she's been an athlete or not, that's crucial. Um, and you guys do that beautifully. So um, I remember seeing you, Melissa, and thinking, oh gosh, she's got to be a coach. I had the same thought about Miss um, Leeflor too, Michelle Leeflor. Oh, I want her to be a coach. I want her to be a coach. She'll be such a great coach. She has so much to offer people. Um, and so we had this lineup of clients, and, I, and we were going to kind of get you started 
you know, down the road, um, when you finished your exams, and then I remember saying to you, Melissa, can you please start in January? Like, can you write those mm-hmm. exams now? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. And that's, yeah. it was like a push. It was a Michelle push uh, across the threshold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad you did. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm in the right spot. And it's, I'm, I'm doing the right you're, thing. Yeah. You're definitely doing the right thing. It's been a joy to see you coaching and just to, you know, have hearing from clients that I've never touched. I've never coached them. I've maybe never even met them, most of them. And to hear them saying, um, sharing with me their transformation and how their lives have been transformed and how you are such an incredible coach there for them, coaching them through those hard moments that are totally part of the process um, has been a beautiful thing to witness. Well, thank you. That feels really good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Ruby, what have been some of the surprises of coaching? And those could be, you know, like, oh, I didn't know I would feel like this, or I didn't know I would counter this, um, or just, you know, just a surprise. I would love to hear from you about that, right? So people are thinking about coaching. They're wondering, is this for me? Um, what are some of the surprises that you've encountered coaching that you didn't know were part of coaching? You didn't know Lizzie was doing all these things. <laughs> um, I mean, there's so much. I think it's, I think it is um, a lot harder than people think. I feel like people kind of perceive that this isn't really that challenging of a job and that it's anyone, you know, can just go get a certification and be a coach. And, um, you know, I mean, before I started working for the Wonder Woman, I was coaching on my own and I had some success, but it wasn't anything like what the results that I'm getting with my clients now, having learned everything that I've learned. And it is just so nuanced and it's not there is no cookie cutter approach. You know, we have these wonderful um, strategies and like kind of protocols that you've developed that makes that makes it possible, I think, for us to have as many clients as we have. Um, but every client is individual and it is mm-hmm. um, it is just so it's so specific to them. And there's um, there's no end to the learning, which I love. But I think, you know, at some point I probably thought like, okay, I'm a, I'm a trainer and I know nutrition, so that's it. And, <laughs> um, you know, this year it's Tommy, it's just like, there's, there's constantly more to learn and there's new data coming out and like, okay, now we're going to pivot this because we just learned, you know, uh, from Stacey Sims, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, um, okay, we're, we're going to change this up now. And, um, and I absolutely love that about it. You know, it's very stimulating and, um, and does not get boring ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I love that you said that. So, um, so let me tease this out a little bit. So, um, you know, everyone has a, we all have our biases from our own, who we are and how we've moved through the world. Um, so how, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered coaching? Um, and maybe this is a little bit more uh, client-based, but um, they were surprised because you didn't experience your own journey as an athlete. And so you had to really pivot and learn um, how to address certain issues that you just, you know, whether your mindset wasn't mapped out that way and so you don't see the world that way and you had to learn, oh, okay, now we've got to, how do I get somebody from A to B where they have such a different mindset than I did. So that's one question. And the other one is with training, you know, um, 
how do I get someone who uh, maybe is afraid of the weight or I, I mean, whatever is different from, from, from you, um, from your journey as an athlete that you've had to, it was a surprise and you had to learn and master um, these nuances because I think this is one mistake that people make getting into coaching. They think, oh, everyone's going to be like me. Um, and then they realize, wait a minute, people aren't responding to my programs or my nutrition or, you know, my podcast uh, go-tos the way I do. And now what, what do I do? How do I get this, this person, this human to progress? Um, okay. So I've already forgotten the first part of that question, but the oh, sorry. <laughs> The surprises, right? Because our dreams yeah. are different and unique. So what are some of the surprises from coaching? A little bit more specific, um, where you had to learn, these are the nuances, right? Where you had to learn how to, how to um, coach somebody through something because it, it, their experience is just so different from your own experience as an athlete. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the most challenging thing with, because our clientele is, um, generally older than me. And so I think that how is, old are you? I'm 34. So young. <laughs> and, um, I think the, so I think some things that are, that have been challenging and that I wasn't expecting, I guess, is, you know, I'm, I'm not a mom. I don't know what it's like to, uh, you have to work around like kids schedules and, um, and navigating, like, I just haven't gotten to that part of my life yet. And, um, and so I think that has been surprising in, um, in just learning how to be able to really like put myself in their shoes and understand, um, you know, anything that I found challenging at the beginning is probably tenfold with all those obstacles that, you know, that they have, um, running a household and, and everything like that. Um, and then, and then with training, um, again, I, I, even though I didn't grow up an athlete, I was always working out in some capacity and, um, and so learning to really like meet clients where they're at, like, maybe this is, uh, you know, she's 50 years old and she's never stepped foot in a gym before and trying to really understand like how, how new and scary and different this is and what I'm asking of her and giving her five days a week of training. And she's never heard of these exercises. And, um, and so just learning to kind of reel things back a little bit when needed, um, to again, just really meet people where they're at. And, mm -hmm. but then the so beauty, important. yeah. Um, but then the beauty also of working with someone for like six months in a year and seeing them go from like, I've never been in a commercial gym before to like they're, you know, squatting with the bar on their back, um, is so much fun. So I think that's one of my personal joys, uh, especially when we do our workshops. Right. Um, so we, you know, we, we usually do a couple of powerlifting workshops and I, and I do my best to bring in some real world, you know, some real talent. So we usually do stuff with, um, Jen Thompson, who's a multiple, um, champion in the bench press and, and also, uh, with squat and, and, and deadlift and Marisa uh, in Inda. And it's great to see so many women um, of all ages, but of course, um, a lot in the, uh, you know, 40 and I think a lot 50 plus these days that we're seeing come to these workshops and they are, they have their pen and pad out They're They're videotaping everything. I mean, you were there, Ruby, you were there, Melissa, you can see that eagerness to learn and guaranteed when these gals started out, 
they would never have put that on their on their you know to-do list like oh yeah I'm going to go to one of these workshops with these world champions and I'm going to be learning how to sumo deadlift or bench or whatever they probably just wanted to lose if it was even possible lose x amount of weight right and hopefully maybe get off some medication or or whatever um and the transformation is so deep and that comes through those those daily mentorship moments right where you're giving them that feedback and you're actually somebody, a stranger, you're their coach, but you're this person outside of their lives that is spending time looking at their lifts and giving them feedback as though they could master this, right? And that's, we can forget that as coaches, but to have somebody else that believes that you can do it and also has the experience of graduating someone from, you know, a leg press or dumbbell squats to barbell squats or whatever. I mean, this is just, it's a one in a million. It's, it's interesting. <clears throat> I'll share with you from that, that uh, workshop with Marissa uh, and Jen uh, and yourself and JJ and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know if you remember, Michelle, but when I started back squatting with a barbell on my back, it was my nemesis. I, it took me forever and I would see squats on my programming. And I'd be like, Oh my God, <laughs> honestly, I, I can't like, remember. I, and I had yeah. all the stories, right? I'm too tall. I have to go a long way cause I have long legs and blah, 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 blah. Um, and you know, and then I just decided, look, I got to make this my B I T C H, right. I'm going to go and hire yeah. the powerlifting coach in person to look at my squad and that. I was working I was with so you, proud of and, you and I just had to plow through the mud. And you know what? I share this because at that workshop, uh, Marissa Inda, we were squatting with Marissa Inda and I squatted with Marissa Inda watching my squat and I finished and she said, I can't correct anything. It's a beautiful squat. I mean, oh my God, that was for myself, that's a moment, <laughs> right? So that's what I mean. If you just keep going and keep going and keep going, it's like you can have a moment like that. And I pocket those moments. Like you want to put those in your back pocket and I'm going to pull that out when I have, you know, whatever story in my head that I can't do something. Well, no, there's, this is progress, right? And you're never too, you know, it, 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 it you know, I've been doing this for a few years and that's, you still get progress, right? And you got to put that feather in your cap and keep going. Um, and I think the women that attend those workshops, right? Just the very act of attending, because I know I have, I have clients who go to those workshops, they're, they're a little nervous, right? It's stepping out of their comfort zone to go to those workshops because who am I to go to here? Oh, and I'm going to be squatting in front of the, Michelle. Imposter Michelle syndrome. Michelle McDonald's going to look at my squat Oh, it's so, you know, and then they go. And that's what really struck me at the workshop too. You see these, these women go and there's, you know, they're stepping outside of their comfort zone. And I feel like when they came in the gym and they saw that we're all the same, we're all, we're all trying to make progress. We're all the same and we give them hugs and great to see you. And there's kind of like, oh, I, I belong here. I'm okay. Right. And they come, they go out of the workshop feeling bolstered excited 
about what they can do. And it's like that, that's a snippet of, I share that because if you can do that on your own and really coach yourself through those moments, you come out the other side bolstered a little bit more and a little bit more and you kind of you pick up that momentum, right? So if you have those opportunities to do a workshop like that, I know you have one coming up with Rebecca Treras that sold out very quickly, but I would say to those women who are signed up, like I, I understand there may be some fear or intimidation, mm-hmm. but you're in the right spot and you're going to come out just so happy you did it, right? Um, so yeah. I went off on a tangent there. I'm sorry. No, like that was show. great. That That's great. Tan, tangent central. There, well, there's just so much running around in, in our heads, right? But yes. that's, a, that's a key moment. And it's that yet, right? Like a, as Carrie, um, uh, or not Carrie, Carol Dweck says, we have yes. to say, I can't do it yet. And that presupposition is that you will get there. And as adults, to allow ourselves that space is so crucial to get out of that fear of failure. You're, you're beginning. You're beginning. You're allowed to fumble. It's mm-hmm. part of it. Um, and every success point you get, you celebrate that intentionally and emotionally. You give that validity, right? Like, all right, my bar path. I got a bar path now. I can see my bar path. Yes. Forget about it straight. Yeah. Just see it, right? And you know, you know bar path. You know bar path. You even know that that's a thing. I know. Right? That's a thing. <laughs> you know what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a win, right? That's a There's win. no wins too little. Like they all stack yes. up. I, I agree. Yes. It's like a, a house. You're building a house and you gotta build the foundation. You gotta and you live in your house. And I want a freaking beautiful house that's going to withstand all the storms and all the things that come in life because they do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's building those little wins and there's none too little. You need all the wins mm-hmm. um, and you want to be able to stack those up for yourself. Right. Um, yeah. That's why you that. have to recognize your wins, like celebrate them because uh, mm-hmm. they're there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. Ruby, um, what are some of the biggest wins that you've seen with clients um, that really stand out for you? I mean, I think it all, it's so amazing to me how like it can start with this like physical, like this physical goal of transforming their body, but it always ends up being so much more than that. And I think that is always um, the, just the confidence that comes from getting stronger and how excited they get about like, they're like flexing and they're sending me photos of their like flex Friday and they're like, look at my bicep. And, um, and they just, they're so excited about seeing their body change in ways that they, they just did not think was possible. Um, and again, you just had a girl compete. Yeah. And, um, and that was incredible. So she has like this um, like a heart valve that needs to be replaced. And it's 20, years, is it 20 years old or something? Yeah. Right? It's a very old valve. And, and I remember you, you put her case on the, on Slack and you said, Hey, I got this gal. She really wants to do a powerlifting meet, but we've got to be, we got to respect what the doctor said. And the doctor's concerned, right. About how old that valve is. Right. And, um, I mean, she, so yeah, she was like really disheartened about it. And I was like, well, look, you can still compete and, um, you know, we can just make a goal to, you know, to, to nail form and technique and get all white lights and, mm-hmm. you know, not nine fail on the platform mm-hmm. and, um, and not 
injure yourself. Um, and lift beautifully. Have, yeah. And uh, she actually only recently shared with me um, that she also, um, you know, they told her she couldn't get pregnant and she had two, she's had two children. Um, and so oh, wow. she has overcome so, so many times doctors have been like, you can't do this. You can't do that. She recently saw a doctor and they were like, well, I've never had a woman in your condition want to be a power lifter. And I was just like, just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean it's not possible. And so she just continually has defied these, you know, limitations that have been put on her. And of course we want to be safe. And, um, mm -hmm. and so we take everything, you know, the doctors say with, um, with consideration, but she, she crushed the competition and, um, and it, you know, it was the highlight of her year and to just be a part of helping her get there is, um, you know, incredibly fulfilling. So, and, you know, I've had so many clients do photo shoots this year and, you know, um, so I, many it's, yeah. And it's so funny when you first, Melissa, I'm sure you've experienced this so many times. Like you just kind of plant that seed, like, what about a photo shoot? And they're like, oh no, I, no, I can't like, not, not me. No, I can't imagine myself. And then, and then like a month later, they're like, so I was thinking about more about that photo shoot and, you know, they eventually, they decide to go for it and it's such a huge step outside their comfort zone. And I've never had a client be like, wow, I really regret doing that photo shoot. I wish I hadn't done it. <laughs> you know, yeah, that never, never. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. they're so empowered by it and feel just on top of the world. And, um, yeah. I think that's, that's one thing too, that community, um, is so great and, and again, for the listeners, whether you're with us or you're with another, another coaching group or you're not even with a coaching group, maybe you're part of an app, um, you can still create these beautiful um, communities. And a community could just be one other person, a buddy, or it could be 12 people or 20 people or 100 people. But um, communities can really help you get out of your box and get some exposure to different ideas of what's possible. And definitely as we get older, we can get very locked into our box and convincing ourselves that this is who I am. Um, this is the way I'm always going to be. I can't change. And that's just not true. I think that's probably why, um, you know, people that watch these transformations that they see on, on our channel get so excited because they can really identify with the before picture. And then when they see these gals on social media sharing, you know, their lifts or sharing their, you know, get togethers with, with other, with other TWW gals, um, it really gets them so excited and helps to plant that seed of, well, maybe this could be for me. And it's usually like that. It's usually this kind of very conservative, maybe, hopefully this could be my story too. And then as we start coaching them, our job is to, is to give them all the tools and strategies they need and the support they need to bring that into fruition. And I don't think there's anything as rewarding as seeing those big transformations happen. I love getting the, the photos from the photo shoots or getting a girl on stage or getting somebody, you know, in a powerlifting meet. And if you've never done a powerlifting meet, it is a thousand percent different than lifting in the gym. It's totally different. I mean, I had to wear a singlet. I had to go to the bathroom every every competition. I always had to go to the bathroom, and you can't. And there's all these people watching you, and there's these lights, and you've got to listen to somebody, and you almost want to 
it's surreal. It's even more uh, uh, nerve wracking, I think, than getting on stage for me, because you've got this weight on your back. And somebody's going to say squat, and then you've got to remember, okay, so I, now I go down, and then i got to come back up, and I can't move, because if I move, then I get a red light, and i got to go deep enough, and all of these things. Um, it's very, very, very nerve-wracking. And to be a female, although now I understand that a lot more women are doing it. Um, even back when I, when I was doing it, there were a lot more men than women, and now it's starting to change a little bit maybe, where there's more, it's more acceptable, more common to see women at a powerlifting meet. These changes are incredible that, 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 that anybody can go through. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your starting point. If you keep that growth mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's so fun. Like when you have clients that, um, like are sharing, like people commenting about them at the gym, like just because it's so their people aren't used to seeing like women in their fifties and sixties, like at the squat rack, like no, you know, and they're confident and they have their knee sleeves and their belt. And, um, and, you know, people are like noticing that and it's becoming, you know, more common, but it's still, people are like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like, okay. You're an athlete. You're, you're serious about this. And it's, it's really cool. Yeah, I love that. The, after one of our um, workshops, our powerlifting workshops, I think 20 gals got together in Phoenix and they all descended um, upon this gym. And it was a really great gym. And they had like tons of squat racks. Um, they had a really great setup. And, I, and, you know, gals were loading their videos for me to review. And so I'm seeing everything behind the scenes. I'm seeing it looked like it was like a, like a more of a college type of a, of a gym because there are these big guys walking around the squat racks and whatnot. And there's our gals, most of them 50 and six, in their 50s and 60s. And as you said, they've, they've got their tripods out. They have their gym bags with their gear in there, you know, their knee sleeves and belts. They're videotaping themselves. They're, they're spotting each other. I mean, just wild. And I'm sure, I'm sure the people that were at that gym full time, when those gals, you know, when the, their, their event was over and they left, they were like, what was that? I love that. That is freaking right? awesome. <laughs> right? That like gives me chills. I want to go into the gym and... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I love that. That's awesome. Right. And and that's what I love about reinvention. It's like, it's kind of reinvention and that's a gift that we have as humans to, to be able to reinvent ourselves. Like what a gift Mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and ordinary, I just think ordinary is boring. We got to be less ordinary. (laughs) Yeah. As my client Kelly says, uncommon, be choose uncommon. uncommon. That's her, that's her word for 2024. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. That's great. Mm -hmm. What a great word. Yeah. Great word. Yeah. And again, just community, the more women out there sharing their story, especially, and people get hung up on the before, they don't want to share the before, but you, you share the before and that's the hook. That's what that's what other people that haven't had that journey yet, they see that before photo and they think, that's me. And so when they see your after photo, that's the, that's the carrot, right? That could be me. And that could be me in six months. But you have no to way. believe it. You have to, you know, the, the ones that go into it being like, it's not here yet, but I believe that that is a possibility for me versus, um, you know, like that's never going to happen for me. Like you have, you know, you have to believe it before the evidence is there. Yeah, exactly. Have that, that faith. And I think I'm going to go back to coaching a little bit, you know, cause I, again, I've been 
with you, Melissa, for a long time and, and Ruby mentoring you in this past, I guess, year and a half, year and a half, really, because the Academy started um, back in the late spring, early summer. And, you know, recently I said to you, you know, well, why don't you, you know, why don't you take on five more clients? And you, you were like, oh, no, I, I can't do that. And I have reminded you, I did, a, I did a different kind of collage, right? I'm like, well, do you think you know more now than you did back in January when you took on 10 gals? And you said, yeah. Do you think you are faster and better at your job than you were back in January? Yeah. <laughs> then don't you think you could do five now if you did 10 back in January? Because when you, when you bring on five gals together, especially when you've got a team of, of clients that have been with you for a while, it can be very, very supportive and encouraging to have five people, you know, at, at least a few gals starting together at the same time, because what's the story they're going to have in their head? Well, these other gals, they're already perfect. That's the story. We go to the pain, right? They're already perfect. They don't want, they don't want to ask their question or they're automatically feel like dumb. I'm going to ask this dumb question. Or I got to ask the question again. But if you have gals starting together, it can be very, very encouraging. Like, okay, I've got at least a few other people that are in here with me. Um, and so you went through that journey yourself of, um, what is the story we're telling ourselves? Could it be true? Could it be true that you couldn't do five new clients really, really well now? No, right? So what's holding you back? Right, yeah, it's so true. <laughs> when you shine that lens, it's, it's freedom. It's like, wait a minute, this yeah. is just like my own transformation story. Yeah, totally, yeah. It's like we're always, um, we're just constantly learning. It's like everything that we're, and that's another thing I love is like, I feel like we're constantly reinforcing things when we go through with a client and like, so, and then I didn't even think about it that way, you know, until you just said that. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm saying this about my clients, but I'm also going constantly evolving and going through the same processes. Yeah. I think that's what um, Melissa was referring to earlier uh, when she was saying it, that what you learn through your own transformation journey, what you learn in the gym, what you learn about how hard meal planning is or isn't, you transfer that, that, you know, because if you go through it, you are going to become empowered. You're going to understand that you're resourceful, that you have a lot of options available to you. You just have to seize them, right? And so I think, Melissa, you're even further down that path as a coach because when you coach, when you coach, you have such an opportunity to accelerate your growth because you see, you witness, and you have to also, you witness, but as a coach, you have to help with providing solutions. So you have such a wonderful opportunity to accelerate your growth as a human because we're all the same. A thousand percent, Michelle. I couldn't agree more. It, it, you have to practice a really resourceful mindset. Mindset is a practice, right? It has to be practiced and cultivated. You can't just say, okay, well, I did X, Y, and Z. Now my mindset is solid. Um, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, yeah. I take issue with that. Uh, you know, uh, because it's a constant practice. It's like you constantly have to tend to it. And we, we are no different. It's, it's like, it's, I don't know what you guys, but every day I'm talking to myself and I'm working through things and I'm, you know, and that's important. And I, you know, and the other part of coaching, I mean, and I'm sure you guys are the same for me, it's, 
integrity is really important. So if I'm going to tell you to do something, I'm going to do it myself. I got to walk the walk. I got to talk the talk. I got to think the think. And, you know, so it keeps me really grounded um, because if I'm telling somebody to do this, it's because I believe in it and I want that for myself. So I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Right. So it's very affirming in that way, I think. And, um, you know, and coaching just like, you know, just like as an athlete, and I agree with Stacey Sims in your last podcast, in your recent podcast, Michelle, that if you do intentional movement, you're an athlete with a purpose, right? And that's a skill and you can develop that skill over time. Well, coaching is the same. I see coaching as the same thing. It's a skill. You're developing a skill. And um, every day that you coach and the more women that you coach, you're cultivating a skill. And I want to be really good at that skill, just as you want to be a good athlete and, um, or whatever else, right? It really helps with skill. It's it's really, we're practicing skill acquisition. And again, Mm -hmm. that's a practice. It is a ritual, a practice that you were were constantly tending to. Um, And that's how you grow. Uh, And it's not always perfect, right? Sometimes there's stumbles, as you said, Michelle, but it's, it's a, it's a practice and you're just Mm -hmm. falling forward. Even if it's falling forward, you're still moving forward. Mm -hmm. Again, I went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, the tangents are great. And I think, you know, if people are listening to this and they're, they're thinking is coaching for me, you know, if there's some, some takeaways, I think that's one of them. You know, I think that's one of the, 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 one of the most valuable gifts of coaching. If you coach with purpose, right? And you coach with integrity. Um, one of the, one of the, the hidden gifts is that it can really potentiate your own growth. Um, and I always say like your most challenging clients, the clients that have the most, um, hurdles to overcome, whether that's a, 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 an internal hurdle or an external and environmental hurdle or a physical hurdle, as a coach, you, you grow so much into trying to find those solutions. Um, I believe that uh, th- thoroughly. So, And I think it's interesting because when, some, when a behavior is reflected back to you, you, it's easier to kind of pinpoint it if, if you engage in that behavior. Do you know what I mean by that when I say that? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think coaching is also... Um, you know, I think I think there's this misnomer, a mis- misconception that coaching is macros and programming, and those are tools. But the real foundation of coaching is understanding human behavior, um, yes. thought processes, barrier stories, limiting behaviors. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but a good majority of my coaching is spent in that arena. Uh, because you can have the macros and you can have the programming, but if you don't have the, the what's going on inside, right, uh, you're not addressing those. And again, practicing and tending to that, the macros and the programming, it, it, they're, they're just tools. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think, I think definitely um, if you don't understand... <sighs> the complexity of great coaching. And I'm going to say great yeah. coaching with, with a reason, right? I mean, there's all kinds of coaches out there, but, but great coaching is a calling. Um, and it's, it's, I love that you said that it's a skill that can be developed. 
Um, so being very conscious that you are developing that, that skillfulness. Um, and I'd say all three are very important. I mean, to do great coaching um, with the kind of outcomes that, that we specialize in, which is, uh, you know, becoming an athlete and uh, realizing that the only limitations are the ones that you're agreeing to, right? Um, those kind of transformations, that, that takes great coaching. And that means that you are developing your acumen with programming and knowing how to adjust a program, uh, knowing how to um, help a client master movement patterns. I mean, that, that is a, a skill that has to be continually cultivated. You don't just take a course on bodybuilding or you don't take a course on lifting and suddenly you can do that. Um, and you know, at TWW, we've got all these things that you need to do behind the scenes to make sure that you're not starting to cut corners and backsliding, right? Um, and then the macros, right? A lot of people will talk about calories in, calories out. And I think you guys will agree that there's a lot that can happen in between that space, especially with our niche. Um, and, <clears throat> and so being very on the ball around somebody's nutrition and not just taking it for granted. Oh, yeah, my nutrition's fine. Well, you got you to gotta open at least a day. Is it true, right? And you see a lot of stuff where you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> there's only three out of five meals done, right? That's probably part of the problem. Um, or being able to understand, like, you know, if that person needs some more variety, right? Like, okay, they're getting progress, but ultimately if they're just eating chicken and carrots every day, we're going to have a problem at some point. They're going to lose themselves in a box of Oreos, I like to say. So coaching them around that or coaching them around fiber or coaching them around micronutrients. Like, yes, we do macros, but we can't forget the fundamental, what underpins health, it, that fundamental variety of plant-based fibers. You've got to have that. doesn't matter what healthy diet you're looking at they're all going to say the same things, right? So and when, by healthy diet, I mean, if you're looking at the cardiovascular uh, organize, uh, you know, uh, governing bodies or the menopause governing bodies or the brain health governing bodies, they're all going to say the same thing. You got to eat a variety of plant fibers, eat the colors of the rainbow, get your 25 grams of fiber in a day. Uh, so as a coach, you're also making sure that you're getting your clients to start to really implement that. And you have to have tools. You can't just say you got to eat more colorful vegetables, give them some ideas. That's where that resourcefulness comes into play. As you said, you know, lead, leading from the front, making sure you're doing it yourself. Am I doing it? Can I do it? I can't ask a client to do it if I'm not doing it. And if you're doing it, you're going to have some recipes or some meal ideas. Like, well, try this. This is one of my favorite things. You could try that too. Um, and then of course, uh, we've got that mindset component. So that's never ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have been talking for quite a while already, and I feel like we just scratched the surface. I'm going to have to get you guys back on here again um, because there's so, much, there's so much we could cover about coaching um, and about clients and, you know, favorite, favorite top tips that we could offer people. Let's, let's wrap up with just one last, one last contribution. What would be... Start with Ruby. What would be a couple of top tips you could give to anybody getting started with their transformation journey that you've noticed as a coach? If you would just do these 
one or two things, it would really set you up for success. Is this with their working with a coach or they're like trying to do it on their own? Um, it can be, it can be with a coach or on their own, whatever you feel okay. that you think, you know, could be so helpful and so simple. There's like well, 20 things, but yeah. just give them like one or two. Well, I'll say it's really if, hard to distill down. <laughs> if you're working with a coach, communication is key. Um, so I, mm. I have found that clients mm -hmm. that withhold information from me, you know, after a certain amount of time, you can tell like you're not getting the full story because things aren't going the way you think they're supposed to be going. Um, but the clients that are just so transparent, um, even if they're struggling, like to not be afraid to, you know, to share with your coach what's going on, because that's the only way that we can really help you. Um, and then if you're, uh, you know, if you're not working with a coach, um, I mean, communication with yourself, like integrity is key. So just being completely honest with yourself with where you're at and what's working and not working. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're lying to yourself about, any part of it, it's, it's not going to work. So staying in integrity, I think is the most important thing. Do you have any, any book that you would recommend to people to help them with that? Oh my God, there's so many good books. Um, I, gosh, I mean, I loved, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I would say, uh, breaking the habit of being yourself will be, mm. would be one I'd recommend. I love that. Breaking the habit of being yourself. I think it's, I, I think it's Jim Rohn. Hopefully I'm not misquoting him, but I think it's Jim Rohn who said, um, who said your, you know, your personality is not like your thumbprint, your thumbprint you're born with, right? But your personality is something that you can continually adjust and change through life and that you have a responsibility to construct your own personality. It's a responsibility. Yeah. Melissa, what about you? Any, you know, couple, couple of easy wins that people could get that maybe you see a little bit of friction with? I could talk a lot about this. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking back to when I started and um, I said to you, I think before we started recording, uh, you know, I, when I started with you, Michelle, I had little, I had little kids, right? They were little. And um, so I'll speak, I think, tips from that perspective as a mom and starting in a transformation, or it could be for anybody, right? I think these two areas that I'm going to touch on are for anybody. Um, but one is, um, Ruby talked about communication and I'm going to say communication to others. You got to talk to those people around you. Talk to your husband. I talked to my kids about what it was that I wanted to do. Mummy wants to do this. I need a little bit of help here. And you give them some, some responsibility. Like some, there is some of your accountability, right? And they want to help you. Um, our kids want the best for us, just as we want the best for our kids. And so loop them into whatever it is that you want to do for yourself. And you'll be surprised with the outcome, I think. I think often as moms, we think... We have to self-sacrifice and um, do everything for everybody else. And, and we kind of get stuck in that loop. But the reality is those who love us, our kids and our husbands or whatever, want the best for us also in return. It's, it's very a symbiotic relationship like that. And, and so if you communicate what it is that you want to do and where you need a little bit of assistance, they will help you. 
they want to help you. It makes them feel good. I love that. Mm -hmm. Just as it help, it makes us feel good to help, right? So um, I'll give them that um, ability. Um, and they, that's part of their skill acquisition too, growing up. And so that was a big part of, of my, in my beginning. And it still is where I communicate to my kids, look, I need to go to bed an hour earlier. I need a little bit of help with this. There's, I have two teenagers. One is 10. My youngest is 10 now, but you know, and they'll help out. Um, and it's good for them. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, my deal, um, is communicate to those around you for help and where you, where you need a little bit of help and accountability. And the other part is look at your environment. We, our thoughts and our feelings can affect our environment, but our environment can affect our thoughts and our feelings. And so one of the first things early on, like when I first started working with you, Michelle, I was driving to a gym that was about a 10 minute drive. It had a daycare for my little guys. And um, I would drive to that gym, but the daycare was limited in its hours and the gym hours were limited. And so there was resistance there for me to get to Mm. the gym. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be an easier way. And I looked for a different gym. Uh, and I, it's still the same gym I go to now. And it's a 10 minute walk from my house. Not even, yeah, eight to 10 minute walk from my house It's 24 seven. It's smaller. It doesn't have as much equipment, but it has everything I need. It's 24 seven. And I would bring my little guys into the gym with me, set them up with a picnic in the gym. Wow. And it's small enough that I could see them and they could see mm-hmm. me while I train and they would have snacks and that would be their screen time when mom trained. And, um, you know, so look at your environment and see where you can really leverage your environment and, and maybe make it easier for yourself. Where can you remove resistance to get to where you want to go to do mm-hmm. what it is that you want to do? Um, and I think that's really important as a mom, for sure, um, because you do have these little bodies that are, are that you are do care for. Right. So. Um, really be creative and resourceful about how you can set up your environment to remove resistance to wherever it is you want to go. That would be my other tip. Um, And really think about that and cultivate that, cultivate Mm -hmm. it for yourself. Um, You know, and for some people it might take some, it might take some self-coaching, right? Because there's, there's just so much resistance to this idea that you actually, you know, as Tony Robbins says, people have a resource issue. That's ultimately what limits people is they just lack resourcefulness. And resourcefulness is itself a skill that you have to teach. It's a, it's a mindset. It's an assumption, right? And you have to assume that, that, that with each growth moment, what you're really learning to do is take a step back and see more resources at your disposal. So often we get our nose up against the glass and we convince ourselves there's no way around, there's no way around, there's no way around. And then there's this other person beside you like, what are you doing? Like, it's just a glass post and you just need to step around it, right? Oh, it's such a great metaphor. That's funny. Yeah, it's exactly like that. And Um, that's what coaches are for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so being resourceful and, you know, what we what we might think is a hindrance or an obstacle, um, you know, can enhance your 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 journey. Uh, that's how I feel about my kids. Right. It, it was never 
I have kids, I can't do that, or I can't do this, or my, my husband works shifts, so he's, you know, got different hours, and I, I have all this stuff, you know, I, I get it, um, and all these moving parts, and it's not, that's not a, a hindrance. That, to me, that's an enhancement. That enhances my experience. It enhances my growth. How can I make this work, even though I have X, Y, and Z, um, in front of me and I get a real kick out of making it work. So put yourself there, really change your thoughts and your feelings around whatever it is that might seem like an obstacle. You know what? Maybe it's not an obstacle after all. Maybe it can really enhance your growth because you got to figure something out here. Um, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very, very mm. good thing. Um, I love give yourself that. that. Yeah. It gives me a real kick when I can really figure <laughs> out how to, you know, get this kid here, that kid there, that person that. there. <laughs> and it's an and inspiration it's, to your kids. I mean, it's a, it's the, to be in that role of being such a direct influence on other humans and they're seeing you be resourceful and find a way. I mean, that is, that kids is are an incredible gift. In they are an enhancement in my own transformation journey. Absolutely have enhanced mm -hmm. my experience. Never been an excuse. I love never this. And I don't want them to ever feel that way. They've never, it's never been like, they've always enhanced my experience. Um, you know, I would do cardio with two of them on bikes and pushing the little one in a stroller. You know, like, it's just, you figure out how to make it work. And there's a real, that is such an advantage, I think. Uh, so, and use it to your advantage. Like, you can figure it out for sure. And it's not always easy. I love that. I'm not making it sound like rainbows and sunshines, but or sunshine and rainbows. No, it's but, it's work. Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah. It's the right kind of work. It's purposeful yes. work. It's intentional yes. work. Yeah. Yes. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap up with with that. Thank you so much for being on the show. I have to get you back on for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, thanks for everything that you shared. A lot of great content here. A lot of great tips and strategies that people can use right away. And if you are thinking about coaching, it you know it is a very beautiful endeavor. It is so rewarding. It's definitely a lot of work, but you are touching so many lives and changing lives for the better. Thanks, everybody, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you on the next show. Thank Bye. you for having us, Michelle. The Wonder Women podcast is proudly sponsored and produced by Social Fix. Social Fix is a transformational digital agency specializing in digital marketing, web design, social media, video, and podcast production for fitness, beauty, health, and wellness brands. Visit socialfix.com and request a free consultation for your brand's online image.